Welcome to But First People, a podcast brought to you by Pride Global. I'm your host, Jenny Davis, Vice President here at Pride Global. Along with my colleagues on this podcast, we will dive into diversity, inclusion, and equity to service and staffing in the human capital industry. Join us each month as we sit down with industry experts to share their stories. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to But First People. I'm excited to sit down with our very own Tim Tobin for my first episode. Tim is the co-founder and managing director of Russell Tobin & Associates. Tim oversees the fully integrated search, staffing, and embedded solution firm's work across the globe. He's a 24-year veteran of the human capital industry. In addition to his work with Russell Tobin, Tim leads Pride Health, offering comprehensive staffing services aligned with the healthcare community's unique needs. Over the course of his career, he's received numerous top supplier awards and partner recognitions and helped to develop the partnership-first approach that earned Russell Tobin and parent company Pride Global a spot among America's top 50 largest staffing firms. But Tim has worked hard to keep himself available as his client's trusted advisor, one who will be the first person on the phone to support them in realizing their own business aspirations. Welcome to Book First People. Thank you so much for coming and being my first guest. Um, on the podcast. It's wonderful to have you. And I know our conversation is going to be delightful because every conversation with you is. So um, to kick it off, as is the tradition of But First People, can you give us a little ditty, Tim Tobin? Well, thanks for having me. It's a uh, first timer here and excited to participate. And uh, since you asked, I am musically challenged and uh, I rarely remember lyrics, but I listened to this song as a kid, and it was probably the only one that I sang to my children uh, that was not a children's song. So, from Kenny Rogers, The Gambler, here we go. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound from nowhere, met up with the gambler, both too tired to sleep. So we took turns staring out the window at the darkness, and the boredom overtook us. And he began to speak. There you go. Love it. Smiling ear to ear, (laughs) I am. I love a Kenny Rogers. I sort of wondered, so fun fact that I do know about you is your interest in Hall & Oates. So I was sort of wondering if you're going to pull that one out of the hat too. So Love Hall & Oates, um, just don't know the words, but. That's fine. That's (laughs) fine. All of their words kind of blend together. Like, are you singing Maneater or Rich Girl? I don't know. It's kind of all the same. So, um, but anyway, moving on from the song, that was delightful and a great way to kick us off. A first question to kind of get us going is, I think a fascinating thing about our industry and being in recruiting and staffing and talent consultation is trying to explain what you do to other people. So do me this favor, Tim. Imagine an alien has landed on Earth and you're the first interaction they have. And they say, well, nice to meet you. What do you do here? Whether in their tongue or ours, and you have to explain what you do. What do you do, Tim Tobin? Well... That is such an easy question with a very complex answer. And I think the alien that asked the question might be either one of my parents whenever I go home to visit them because I've been doing this my entire career and I don't know if they entirely know what I do. So it might not be the best answer, but here it goes. Uh, At the end of the day, being a recruiter is being a connector. And it's a matter of connecting people with opportunities, opportunities being employment, uh, positions, 
companies going out and finding companies who are looking to uh, find people who can do a job in a certain skill set and geography and they have the ability and the potential or the experience or a combination they're in uh, with the individual who is also looking for uh, that particular type of employer and uh, the, the, the skill set that fulfills their passion and their ability and their potential and interests. So in, in that example, you have two potential buyers in the equation because a candidate is going to want to work at a company and a company is going to want to hire that candidate. So if this alien is looking for work, uh, I'd want to know what type of experience, skills, interests they have and try to mirror that with the companies that are out there looking for that particular skill set, experience and interest level. I love it. It's a great answer. So you used a couple words um, that represent to me Tim Tobin's superpower. So for those, for the one third of the world who is not in some way connected to Tim Tobin, because you have the most massive network of any human I've ever interacted with, for those of you that don't know and are listening, Tim is a master connector. And not just that, in my belief and in my experience, because he did this with me, he sees opportunity and potential in people before they see it in themselves. So what Tim does is he meets someone and in meeting that alien diagnoses in two seconds that you said you're a this, but I sense you're a that. So I'm going to introduce you to these 18 people. It's a fascinating, amazing, and admirable trait. And it's why people look at you in awe, Tim Tobin. It's just astounding to watch. And why do you think your brain works that way? What is it about you that can see something in someone before they open their mouths, before they've told you what they do for a living? What, what inspires you to do that all the time? That's a great question. I was getting goosebumps as you're describing some of the experiences that uh, I've had over the course of my career. And I, I remember from the time that we met at, at a conference and executive forum, and I just see how you carried yourself, how you interact with people. Um, and sometimes during an interview, people give you answers that they think you want to hear or that you should hear. But a lot of it for me is, is trying to understand who the person is, what is really important to them. And more times than not, the, the job that I might be aware of is not right for them. But having a conversation with them, understanding what their goals are, what their passions are, and, and trying to sit at the same side of the table as them to help them just navigate this crazy world that we're in. And uh, the, the, the ability to, to do it both for clients and candidates but at the, end of the time, at the end of the day, the individual could be the same person. I've said it numerous times that candidates today are clients tomorrow and clients today are candidates tomorrow. But I think what really motivates me is just helping people advance themselves, regardless of where they are. Selfishly, yes, I want to identify talent and work mm -hmm. with talent and, and keep talent close here within RTA and our, our clients and, and candidates. But I also just want to help society, help humanity advance what they're doing. I've been given some fortunate opportunities to, to be where I am today and playing an active role in helping others get to a better spot, wherever that might be. Uh, it's not linear in terms of anyone's path or growth, but 
a positive experience and helping people throughout. And sometimes the confidence builder and seeing something in someone, we all have talents, we all have, have strengths, but we might need to be reminded of them. And playing that, that role is, is one that's very fulfilling for me. It fulfills my why, why I do what I do. It's uh, got me thinking I have a lot more, I was going to be a guidance counselor and I feel like I'm guiding people with their careers. And even if I don't make that placement, but they have a positive experience and they leave in a better position than where they started, then uh, I sleep well at night. Wow. So guidance counselor, maybe firefighter <laughs> turned leader of a, the recruiting industry. It's a pretty amazing trajectory. All of which, it's the funny thing, having got to know you in, in almost a decade um, of knowing you, it's been fascinating because I can see you in those scenes. Like I know you as, you know, my leader and, you know, the overseer of Russell Tobin, but I can also see you being a firefighter and I can see you being a guidance counselor. And that's maybe what's cool, Tim, is that I think um, – you know, in this industry, you get exposed to so many careers and you get to sense what people do for a living. Uh, that's part of what I love about it is I don't know if I could be a solutions architect over a technology in a Fortune 500 company, but I get to watch kind of the back end of what they do and learn about it. And I think it's a fascinating thing. And I think you have that natural curiosity, too, of wanting to learn about the person and not just the J-O-B um, that they fulfill. Right. So that's a very cool thing. So I thought your answer was totally on point. And something I'd share is just the fact that every time you tell me like, oh, yeah, I wanted to be like a pastry chef. I'm like, oh, yeah, you could do that, too. So it's a, it's a cool thing, like a renaissance man in a way of those things. But all of them relating to people and making people smile or making people safe. And I think that's something you do a lot of. Um, a fact I want to leave you with and kind of get your reaction to. So you talked about helping people understand their why and find their purpose. Um do you have any idea what the number 294 currently represents for Russell Tobin? 294, maybe our headcount? Yes. So 294 human beings currently on this planet work on behalf of your dream. How amazing is that? That's... Yeah pretty cool right so I didn't know I was gonna get you so fast um but it's an incredible thing and like I know I reflect on those moments I'll join a meeting and I see all these little screens pop up and just thinking like the impact you have and so I wanted to just share that with you because um it's a fact but behind that fact are people and it's just amazing so Tim you know just take a minute I hope and reflect on on that piece um, and that they want to do it partially for you. So, um, you know, but first people, and that's what this is about. And I think one of the things I wanted to say here and talk to you about is I think part of it and why it works and why that 294 continues to grow um, in my time with you and only growing up is you put people first, right? You do. Um, and I think that's why it works. So I, you know, I talked about, why is this a fit for who you are? And that's kind of that conversation we went down. Um, but how do you feel thinking that 294 people are helping you fulfill your dream? It's, uh, you know, it's a lot to, to kind of reflect back. And, and candidly, I, I didn't have a vision of this being a dream. And I feel like I'm just a guy going through life and trying to do the best you know, learning along the way, failing fast and, and making mistakes, but reflecting back on 
you know, I don't, I don't think about 294 people working for me. I, I work for 294 people mm-hmm. and where they are and, and what they're doing and hopefully impacting um, the local communities and people and families that they are closest to, like I try to do is, is, is humbling. Usually, I guess, you know, focus more on the present and, and the now, although I like to, you know, reflect. On, on stories of people and, and how they contributed to our story of, of the fact that we are 294 people now. And we were three, February 16th, uh, 2010. Mm. And what a journey. And uh, being able to work and meet talented people who inspire me. And I get to call coworkers and friends and colleagues and being in an industry that evolves where I I say every day is a school day and the novelty of it never wears off. I think I heard and read a stat, 85% of the jobs that will exist in the year 2030 have not been invented yet. They do not exist yet. It's incredible, isn't it? So you have to find the the potential in people to meet opportunities because they don't exist yet. And uh, just trying to, to learn and adapt and adjust and enjoy the ride. And, you know, it's can obviously be yeah overwhelming and, and, you know, just hope that it doesn't end and do the best you can every day. So it's, uh, thanks for having me pause and reflect for a minute there. Yeah. You always encourage us to stop and smell the roses. So we needed that moment for you too. So you talked a lot about the development of this industry and in my time getting to work with you, I watch you, get so excited about the novelty of new ideas and where this is going and what it might look like. What excites you about the change you're seeing in our industry right now? I think the one of the most exciting aspects of it is, like I pinch myself, like just by doing the right thing and putting people first and helping them achieve their goals has become a priority for corporate America. Mm. It was, I believe, mainly about the numbers up until 10 years ago or so. And I think there's been a, a tremendous paradigm shift where even as I go to some conferences and it's not about just the X's and O's, it's about the feelings, about the sentiment, it's about the true talent. And the talent is is people. And what excites me is when I hear from somebody that I met five, 10, 15 years ago, and I played some role in a positive experience, and they're reaching back out to me to potentially help with a problem or or a challenge that they're faced with, whether it's a new job search or they're in a company and they need to hire, they have a project. And the fact that where we sit, we touch so many different industries, we are growing globally because there are people across the globe who share the same sentiments that I do here in 42nd street in Manhattan, that people first and connecting people with opportunities and opportunities with people, uh, that novelty isn't wearing off and the ability to do it on a scale that we have done. It, 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 again, it wasn't a, a dream cause I didn't have the vision. I didn't have the, insight into it, but being able to re- react and adapt and pursue challenges. You know, more times than not, they've been successful, but 
and we've had some some failed ones and uh that is extremely exciting um so uh, the, the novelty of that is good but at the end of the day my baseline is who and 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 the individuals that have been part of the story because if you are running a race and you're the only one to complete it in my opinion it's not as enjoyable of a race and i swam competitively for four years we won two championships not that anyone's counting <laughs> but um you know my fondest memories were the relays and were the the championships not any individual accolades well that's a great anecdote i love that that's that's fodder for our next team meeting tim i like that one um you're, to, you're so right about the idea of that we have to think more about the person than the job. And that's true in what we do and how we train our recruiters, right? Is that you've always shared that the vision of this is not to walk in and fill a role, but it's to help find the person, find their path. And you referenced having people call you 10, 15 years after. I mean, that's like a daily occurrence for you. It's astounding, right? I, I get them every once in a while, like, I'll have someone who, you know, maybe we parted terms and parted ways on terms that were perfect or this wasn't the job for them and I had to be the one to tell them that because that happens in life, right? In the same way you see potential in people before they see it in themselves, sometimes you also see like you're not happy here before they're willing to admit it for themselves. And so you part ways with people. And one thing that I think is always interesting is when those people return to you or come to you 10 years later and say, thanks for helping me through that too. And look where I am now. And it's great. And I think a beautiful thing about Russell Tobin is our willingness to let people fly the coop and move on and realize their hopes might be somewhere else. And why is that part of your ethos? Like, why do you believe in allowing and affording people and continuing to coach them and mentor them once they've left the company? The industry has changed dramatically. My dad worked for the Department of Transportation for New York State for 29 years. That is, you ask anyone now to work someplace for 29, 20, 29 years, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, let alone try getting 2.9 years out of, out of somebody. So I think looking at where we are present day and, and the opportunities to, to, to try different things and, and to change your mind and as palettes change your your opinion of jobs and responsibilities might change and you want to continue to push yourself to to reach your potential and i think uh where we are we're, we're very comfortable in the position that we're in and uh can appreciate the fact that we might not be the end game or the final destination for many but again it goes back to playing an active role in in helping people uh, get skills get experiences. Obviously we want people to stay, um, but trying different things. And that's why I love the concept even of a boomerang. People might go and try and do something else someplace for a period of time and maybe they come back. Uh, maybe they come back directly or they come back indirectly and they're in a uh, seat externally to advise. Um, I've talked about the, the board of director concept and you know who cheers for you and roots for you no matter what. And uh, those seats can be held by people that are in your family, uh, in your company, in your, your just your, your network. Uh, but I do believe in, in finding that type of, of 
success through service and helping others on their journey and their path is again goes back to my my why your why Mm -hmm. your why and your superpower kind of one and the same and it's a beautiful thing when you find it in the same place right um so you said the board of directors and because i get to work with you i know what you mean and it's who advises you and the concept of and of itself has existed for a long time but what does that mean in your life and leave that as a takeaway for people please is it's something that i come back to and you challenge me to think about often um what is that concept for you tim and why is it valuable to you well i think that it's ever changing and you might not think about it but five years ago you'd imagine imagine yourself sitting at a in a boardroom and there are a certain number of seats at that table who cheers for you and roots for you no matter what whether you make the right decision or the wrong decision they're going to want you to be happy and successful no matter what so there's a finite number of people that are sitting at that that table and a lot of times it's direct family members and those who are closest to you but because of life that changes over time so that board five years ago is probably going to look different present day and who knows what it's going to look like five years from now and just think about where you were as a person five years ago i still had three kids you know 10 years ago i had one um but things change and you're perspective and your opinions and your your approach and your interactions and many things change but sometimes most relationships and especially ones that are, are cheering for you no matter what do not so that board is very important to me and the other thing that's important is okay well if these individuals are on my board do they know it and part of my goal is to sit on other people's boards so I can be that cheerleader and that advocate and that that person that helps them through a challenging time. Uh, that I can be one of those first calls. Obviously, it's more professionally related, and uh, that's a major aspect of of, of life. And uh, being that resource is is something that I think uh, again motivates me. And I would just encourage you out there listening that. Uh, if you really want to find fulfillment, be selective with who is on your board, but then work really hard to find a seat at somebody else's table where you can be that person for them, even if they're not sitting at your table. That's great. Well, Tim, you're on mine. So if I haven't said that and you say you don't know where you sit with people, I'll tell you you're on mine. So um, Thank you. it's an honor always to have people come into your lives and then reflect on that right in terms of the importance they've played in not just your professional development but your personal and who you've become for me as a woman and a mom and a parent and all those things so it's it's a beautiful thing and i think the board of directors concept too is empowering right if you can think about um knowing you have support in other places when you need it because sometimes if you get so siloed and focusing in on it's my family. Well, what if your family disappoints you in a moment, then who do you lean on? If your best friend disappoints you in a moment or lifts you up in a moment or you need people for different reasons. And so I've really thought and reflected a lot on that in the eight years I've known you um, because one of my first interview questions with you is, if you take this job, who are your first five phone calls? Who are you calling? And that can be professionally and personally, and maybe it's different, maybe it's the same. 
Um, but it was a very interesting thing for me to think about. And is it five? Okay. But maybe you want it to be 50. And how are you actively pursuing the attempt to build that list to 50 people who will take your phone call? Again, not everyone can be you and have 5,000, 5,550. But, you know, <laughs> do you want to be a person of five or 50? And, and maybe five is enough. And that's great. Um, but the other thing you always shared, too, when, when I started, and I, I want to talk to you about this because I don't even know if you remembered saying it, which is sometimes the best lessons you teach people. But I took a career risk in my mind to, to do this. I was alone and jumped into a job that I felt ill-equipped to potentially handle of, of building part of Russell Tobin in a different market and working for a New York-based company, which felt much faster paced and, and frankly cooler than I was. And you said, not everyone's willing to take career risks. And you did. So let them be a part of your story. Call them and tell them what you're trying to do and ask for help because not everyone's going to do it. And you did. So tell them to be part of it. I thought that was so cool. And I've used it multiple times since and given you credit, just so you know. But as people <laughs> take career jumps, right, um, you do have an ability to ask for help that I don't think everyone does. Why? Though you help everyone and are always willing to help, I do think it's a it's a very sometimes unnatural thing in a successful business person to say, I need your help too. What about you is willing to be vulnerable in that way and ask for help? And why do you think that's critical to your success? I, I think it's being as much of a realist as, as possible and in, in knowing that no one individual is, is going to achieve the success that they might potentially have a, a part in by themselves. So surrounding yourself by others who bring things to the table, it could be bigger, stronger, smarter, faster, better, I think needs to be welcomed, needs to be celebrated. Those individuals need to be empowered. And it's not because they need to stay be, you know, in line behind you, that's not really going to allow for growth. And uh, I think when I look at just who I am, I have many limitations and uh, <laughs> I am I'm aware of most of them. And knowing that there are people like you and others who are much more capable and much more talented to do something that's gonna benefit us and our candidates and our clients and uh, be more fulfilling than me doing it myself is, uh, you know, and then seeing that success is just as rewarding because they're taking a chance and they are then being part of the story. And uh, I always talk about the concept of being a contributing writer or editor to the story. And it's rewarding to see things happening where I, you know, play very little, if any, role in and how successful it might be. Hmm. So, so great. Well, maybe that's part of it too, right? In recruiting is we get to identify something in which we feel someone could be great. And you give them the opportunity, but it's up to them to do it. But you can sit, cheer in the background and watch it work. Maybe that's kind of the magic of it. And that's why maybe your DNA, you were built to do this, is that you do it not only for candidates externally, people internally and kind of all around you. And that's just, you live as a recruiter, you live as one. You don't work as one, you live as one. Is that a fair statement? 
Yeah, I, I think it is. I say, you know, try to living it, living in the gray where whether it's my work or personal life, it's, it's pretty integrated because you're mm. still dealing with people on and off the field. Um, having a certain sense of authenticity is, is I think uh, requirements, but it's my commitment doing what I say and saying what I do and blurring that line makes it easier to, for me to just navigate life. You know, I, I just, and the examples always present themselves. It's just that my uh, seven year olds softball season, which I was coaching this year, next, you know, <laughs> one of the other parents is a client of ours. No way. And happened from being on the softball field Amazing. and it's connecting those dots and it's rewarding because it's more personal and, yeah. uh, Therefore, it's more important because it is personal. Well, Tim, it's been a delight. You know I could do this all day, but um, I think I've gotten the great insights that I would hope you'd share with others beyond the walls who normally get to hear your voice and hear from you and hear the heartbeat um, of Russell Tobin. So you give a lot, and we're all very grateful, and I'm grateful that you shared these ideas with a broader audience today, and got they got to hear your voice because it's important, and it's a powerful voice, Tim. So Thank you for making time for But First People, and I'll talk to you soon. It sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you to our listeners for spending time with us. And to learn more about Pride Global, please check out prideglobal.com. If you have any questions for Tim or myself, please email us at butfirstpeople at prideglobal.com. Also, don't forget to like, share, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.